everyone. Welcome back to another episode of We Need to Talk About Movies podcast. And this week we will be mainly talking about the films of 2021, which is all done and dusted. Uh, before we get on, I would just like to say, in case you guys were wondering what's going on with the podcast at the moment, Nath has changed his career and he's not able to sort of meet up and watch films for this as much as he'd like. So my good brother Robin has agreed to help us out here which is fantastic because um when we meet up we tend to talk about films quite a lot don't we we do yes we do indeed hello robin welcome back again hi thanks for having me trev no that's fine (laughs) that's fine so i hope you lot understand and i don't lose any listeners because you all prefer nathan to me yeah it could, it could just be that they don't like me <laughs> probably the pair of us together is like too much lewis for one podcast yeah they're just <laughs> talking a load of shite switch it <laughs> off <laughs> and yeah and before we get in i'd like to just also say that if you have any film recommendations for us or just any emails about films that you've seen or you want to you contact us in any way you can do it in two ways you can either go on to facebook.com forward slash we need to talk about movies podcast or if you'd like to send us an email you can send that to wn movie talk at gmail.com that's wn movie talk at gmail.com there you are that's all housekeeping out the way rob i was gonna say that's all very professional actually i'm impressed yeah <laughs> i'd I usually like forget to say it and i'm sure this is why no one emails us so, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so can I just say we just just before we went on, we were talking about the backdrop behind you there. And yes, I, I honestly haven't seen any of those films, so this could be interesting, couldn't it? Yeah, we're recording on Skype again, um, and I've got behind me a selection of the films from 2021, and none of which Robin has watched. So, yeah, this could be quite a one-sided conversation. To be fair, I think mainly because they're most of the films that have been in the cinema, and I haven't been to the cinema this year apart from to go watch Spider-Man. So most of my films are coming through Now TV, Netflix, Amazon Prime. So if we're talking about films in that area, then we'll be okay. If we're talking solely cinematic movies, you're going to be talking a lot. Well, this is the thing. I mean, now there's a lot of films that sort of are released at the cinema and streaming simultaneously, or at least within a couple of weeks. Absolutely. So now you've got companies like Netflix make a film. It's on the cinema for two weeks, and then you can get it at home. Mm. Uh, Disney Plus doing the same thing. Yeah, that's but, one. Yeah, I've been going to the cinema a lot this year. I mean, I love going to the cinema anyway, but after last year, where the cinemas were obviously shut... And when they was open, there was nothing really that I wanted to watch. And I kept thinking, if I don't go to the cinema, we're going to lose the cinemas. So I've been very sort of a strong advocate for getting out there and supporting the cinemas. And luckily, I think there was, it's been a great year for things to watch. I've seen some great films. But that mm. being said, there is, you know, films are constantly being released on your Netflix and your Amazons. So it's been a good year all round for films, I think. Come back with a vengeance. It has, and it's an interesting one because I just take now TV as an example. You know, I, I, I um, basically was looking at the films that were coming out and thinking that this is bad because either they were putting out just naff films with no big sort of uh, well-known actors and things, or they were just putting out films from previous years. And I was thinking, well, I suppose there's going to be a bit of a lull because not everyone, you know, they weren't making as many films. They weren't making films, were they? Yeah, film production sort of died off last year. Yeah, production, it did. 
And so I was thinking this this year is going to be pretty dire, but actually it's picked up. And in some ways, I think some of the films that I have seen on Netflix and things, um, they've been slightly different films in the sense that they haven't always just been the big mass production movies. Um, There's been some of the smaller films, movies with a bit of a story and less characters and filmed in New Zealand. Anything that was in New Zealand was all right, wasn't it? (laughs) Tony's just sort of the tail end, isn't it, of the old COVID thing that they've been affected. Well, I think so. But, um, yeah, it's interesting you say that, actually, Netflix and that do seem to be making a lot more sort of down-to-earth movies. The cinemas mm. tend to be full of your blockbusters and that. And it's a real shame the studios just don't seem to want to take any risks with anything that's sort of not either got an A-list, a star in it, or a sort of a, a genre-driven plot or for yeah. the superheroes. Or a remake. Or remakes, yeah. This is this when I go to the cinema, the amount of trailers you watch and you think, you know, Scream Five, uh, The Matrix Four. <laughs> um and then it's just remakes of films, you know, even Spielberg made uh, West Side Story. It's just a real shame that everything seems to be have been done before. It's almost like the amount of money that's being spent on it, they need some sort of protection that they're going to get some money back. So that I guess the, uh, the, the way that they look at it is, well, if we spin the same, if we spin popular movies from the past, we're at least going to make an income out of the fans that are coming from previous times. Maybe, I don't know. I know, but these these films are hit and miss though, aren't they? I mean, even like with Ghostbusters. Oh, totally. It made its money back, but Mm. it's nothing special. There's nothing new there. It just seems a shame. I want something else to sort of break through that's going to change everything. You know, we've had this in the past with the 70s with uh, like your likes of Scorsese and that coming through from old Hollywood and then busting through with films like Easy Riders and Mean Streets changed how we viewed films until Spielberg and George Lucas put it back to uh, (laughs) blockbusters and sequels. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think there needs to be a bit of a shift, doesn't there? One of the things I've noticed, again, going back to, um, I think it's Netflix, actually. Um, what, they, what they've started doing, and I, I, me being cynical, I'm thinking they're doing it because they need to just basically fill their catalogue. But they've gone and started buying in a lot of uh, like South Korean films, hence Squid Game. Yeah, there is a lot of South Korean stuff, isn't there? And yet, weirdly, I watched one not that uh, a couple of weeks ago, which I thought was fantastic. And so as much as they're coming in and maybe they're just doing it to fill the catalogue, there's actually some really good stuff in there. Oh, definitely. I think I think we need to start looking abroad if we want some interesting movies. Yeah. And I think Netflix are, are aware of that. I mean, and they're not just filling a catalogue because Netflix, aren't they like the biggest film company at the moment? They're producing more films than all the other oh, studios. Well, that's what I mean by I'm being cynical because I don't honestly know. I'm just saying, oh, they're just chucking any old crap in there from anywhere in the country. And obviously they're picking these films up and they're cheaper and whatever. But I don't know because the, the one in particular that I've, I've watched was Space Sweepers. Now, I don't know if you've even seen it on, uh, come across it at all. I hadn't until I saw it on there. Is it and Space I, Weavers? Sweepers, as in oh, sweepers. sweeping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I came across it, but it was so good. I put it on again the, the night before and showed my son and said, you've got, you've got to watch this. You'll love it. And he did. He thought it was fantastic. Um, it was a real sci-fi movie. Uh, brilliant uh, characters in there. Really good sort of character development across the board. Some good humour, some good action. And it was fantastic. I just loved it. It was just 
what a great film. Just got yeah. lost in it. They weren't remaking anything. They weren't copying anything exactly. It was just nice original a un- filmmaking. A unique, a unique sci-fi film. Yeah. Slap bang, there it was. Enjoy think, that. Off you it, go. I think after the, the success of the Squid Game, and yeah. also last year, didn't the um, Parasite won the Best Film Award, didn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Another Korean film. You know, people are more likely to watch a foreign film now than they yeah. they was in the past. And it's interesting because, in essence, it's the same. It's very much the same as Hollywood. The the special effects and stuff are fantastic in this Space Weepers. There's nothing to say in there. Oh, look, it's a it's a Korean film versus a Hollywood movie in terms of effects and things. But obviously, you don't know any of the actors in or actresses in this. You know, mm. they're, they're all whoever they are. Um, yeah, you got no predetermination. It, yeah, hadn't seen them in anything else before as yet because you haven't watched that many of them. And it was. You know, you just sort of bought into who these characters were. And in a sense, that's what happened with Squid Game as well. You kind of recognise, well, he's the bad one. He's going to get it at some point. She's a pain in the backside. She's going to get it at some point. Yeah. You know, so you could guess. But if you imagine Squid Game, but the main guy was Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> you know, you'd be going, yeah. I wouldn't have gone to watch it. You know, <laughs> exactly. You'd kind of be going, yeah, I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it... Not quite the same, is it? So it could be a bit of that. The whole sort of Hollywood thing is kind of almost eating itself, isn't it? With the main, with the yeah. people that they recycle. And also, fr- you know, they're pricing themselves out of the market by making these bigger films mm. because when they have an actor in it, a named actor, they think we can't put a film on the cinema unless there's a named actor in it. Yeah, and then the named actor wants like twenty-five million at least. Yeah, you know, some of these Marvel actors are getting a lot more. You think that's the budget of a film? Oh, that's there, crazy, isn't it? Tied up with one actor. Yeah. Um, so they're pricing themselves. You know, they've got a lot of money to make back. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So that's why they're not taking risks as well. Yeah. So I think it'd be good to sort of get to a point where we're using unknowns again and yeah. telling the stories that sort of break the mold. Um, so, but before we get straight into 2021 conversation robin yeah i've just i put it to some of our listeners today out on the facebook page Mm -hmm. i asked them what was their highs and lows of 2021 right yeah i also asked if they've been to the cinemas or if they've been watching from home uh kerry lewis says cat and i are still very much watching from home at the moment we struggle to pick a favorite film from 2021 and have found ourselves watching a lot of the golden oldies. We are looking forward to the new Ghostbusters film and hoping A Quiet Place 2 is quite watchable too. Uh, seen either of those, Robin? No. <laughs> no. See, Quiet Place 2 was the first film that I went back into the cinema to watch yeah. this year. Um, they'd done a, a double bill of A Quiet Place 1 and 2. Oh, okay. And um, I was like literally one of only three people in there, but... I hadn't seen the first Quiet so Place. So the, the cinema was actually a quiet place? It was, it was. Do you like what I did there? I did. <laughs> I even recorded a podcast in there. That's how quiet it was. <laughs> I'd done the introduction while I was sat in the cinema. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was my first sort of visit to the cinema in like over a year, and it was great. It was. They were real atmospheric films. I really enjoyed watching them both. Uh, the first one possibly a little bit more than the second, but the second yeah, one was still great. I'm just actually, I'm just thinking about it. I got a feeling maybe I did see it. I have seen a quiet place too. 
But it's, yeah. has it only been on in the cinema? Maybe I've just seen a review. No, of it. I think you can get it on Amazon. I think it is available on Amazon. Yes, it, yes, it's on Prime. Yeah, yeah. It's it's ringing a bell now that I've just googled it. Actually. It's where everyone's got to be real quiet. Is Alien Monsters? Yes, 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 yes. And the lead the lead actress is um, well Emily Blunt's in it, but Millicent Simmons plays the daughter, and she's, and she's the main. Deaf. Yes, and she's because I've seen the ending of it. Are they stuck yeah. in? Spoiler alert. Are they stuck in a tube of some sort at the end? Is it no? What do they? I can't. There's something like that. Yeah, there isn't the the brothers in like a safe or something? Yes, it's just yes running out of oxygen. Yeah. So I've seen yeah. that, but I yeah. Sorry, it's not really. That's really helpful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah, I watched them both at the cinema and. and to, as a first experience back at the cinema, they was fantastic. I really enjoyed them. I was going to say, actually, I bet they were really good in the cinema. Just the surround sound and the the larger yeah. screen the t- intensity. Just how it's so quiet and then loud and yeah, it lost its effect because I kept telling my wife and my son about how good they was, and then we streamed the first one at home, mm. and Donna just picked it to bits and. <laughs> It wasn't quite as enjoyable when you're there discussing it, and she's going, "Oh, that wouldn't happen. Oh, she wouldn't do that. Oh, it's like." But then that's yeah, a, that, probably not. But that's probably a big, not. That's a big factor, isn't it? I mean, I, I know it's weird to say it because all films are make believe, but you have to kind of buy into it, don't you, to an extent? Yeah. And then also enjoy it. And if the, if you're not buying into the story and the plot as well, you know, there's a lot of plot holes and a lot of why are they even bothering doing that? They wouldn't do that. It does I, that frustrates me. So I can sympathise with her on that one because I think. Yeah, but then it's something that you don't get at the cinema. You're not openly discussing, and that's yes, another reason yes. why films yeah. are much better at the cinema. You could just watch them, yeah. take them in with no real yeah. conversation, conversation going on. Yeah, agree. There's nothing worse than watching a film with people who you're enjoying it, and they're just going, oh, oh. <laughs> even though I was at the cinema, I did. Me and Donna went to watch Spencer back along, um, which is the film about Lady Diana. Oh with, yeah, um, yeah. We watched that at the cinema, and I was really enjoying that. It's, it's not a true story; it's it's made up. But it's based. But so it's, it's based on the true story sort of, of Diana, is it, or is it just? It's based on Diana and her phobias and her mental health, and how she reacts to the royal family and how they react to her. And it's all set over one Christmas. But it is. It's all made up. But I just thought it was really interesting, really well made, and it's like. The music as well, the score in it was um, by um, oh, Radiohead, Johnny, uh, Johnny, Johnny Greenwood. Okay. Um, and he's done like some really good musical scores in films before, most notably uh, There Will Be Blood. He'd done the music for that. I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen that. Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. But that score in that's just great. Yeah. And in this as well, it's really, it's not like music. It's almost emotional yeah. and ties to her how she's reacting to things yeah. it's fantastic i was really enjoying it but the whole way through it or for three quarters of the way through it we had a bloke who had obviously gone to take his wife to watch it they've obviously obviously fans of the crown and have come to expect much of the same yeah but it's more cerebral you've really got to sort of take it apart and analyze what you're watching and god he was the whole way through going fucking bollocks what? fucking no shit what's going on this is shit wasn't and wasn't in the end going, oh, camilla this isn't very this isn't like it, it isn't at all darling let's leave <laughs> but in the end they um 
yeah, they got up and left, and it was like, thank fuck, they're gone because it's just ruining it. Um, that's the only time I've ever had that at the in cinema. a cinema. Yeah, Kristen yeah. Stewart was dying. Kristen Stewart, yeah, I she's really good as her as well. Yeah, she's um, that's the what she was in the trilogy. Uh, what was it called? Twilight films, wasn't it? Yeah, she was in the Twilight films. Yeah, oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. I was interested. I'd be interested to see her play that role. Yeah, I thought it was good. There's some bits in it that you do, you know, yeah, not quite as believable as others, but it. I, I thought it was interesting, and yeah, I quite enjoyed it. But again, it's a film that's relying on a story, isn't it? And less than it is necessarily massive effects and. You know, so yeah. you, you, yeah, you're looking was. for something so, slightly different from it, aren't you? So you probably would. If- but then I suppose off of the back of The Crown and things like that, because that's a massive Netflix yeah, series, yeah. it's probably how it got made. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I can't remember what they said the director had done something else. Who is the director? Uh, uh, Pablo, uh, Pablo Pablo Lorraine. Lorraine. Yeah, what that- had he done? I'm sure he'd done something. I thought, oh, that's interesting. He, oh, yeah, Jackie. He'd done something. about... He'd done something. He'd done something. I don't know what it was, um, but he'd done something. So, yeah, it's all about Jackie. Um, Jackie Kennedy, wasn't it? With um, I've not seen it, but it did look good as well. Natalie Portman. Oh, did he do so that again, one, did he? Gone... Yeah. Yeah, have you seen Yes, that? I have. I have. I've seen something. I've done something. <laughs> I think that was 2016. Though, yeah, I've so seen something. really count. I saw that. I did. I've seen it. <laughs> I said... I said to my wife, let's watch something. She said, what shall we watch? I said, I don't know. Something. Just put then, something on. Just something. And if something, I said. <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah, that would make sense. If it's that type of film, you can see why he was perhaps brought in to make that film after he'd done the, the Kennedy one. Mm, something. I've got to have, just by the end of this, I'm just going to have a huge yeah. list of things to watch. And then by the time I've watched them all, you'll go, oh, do you fancy coming on and talking about 2022? I haven't watched anything from 2022. I'm too busy catching up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll read another message. Go for it. Uh, another listener, Chris Benton, said, Saw Dune, awesome, and very much looking forward to Dune 2. I didn't realise that that was in two parts. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's two, the, the first book in two parts. Right. I don't know if we're going to go oh, carry on with the series, but he also said, uh, saw Bond, not happy with the ending. Mm. Um, Spoiler. Yeah. Have you seen the new Bond? No, I told you that. No. The thing is, I do know what's happened. And, and this is part of the thing for me. Like, you know, when it comes to going, deciding whether I'm going to pay and go and watch them in the cinema, it's not going to happen. Because I think, because yeah. I, I already have an inkling of where they're going. And it's almost like they're deconstructing these these well-known characters and then putting them back together as something different. Yeah, yeah. Do you think they did that with this one or not? Yeah, when I came out, I thought, is this... Um, it was going to be... Um, what's his name? Boyle, wasn't it? Danny Boyle was going to direct it. Yeah. And they got into making it and then he left. And I wonder if Daniel Craig had a bit more clout and wanted this ending. Right. Where he got to be the martyr. Yeah. Sort of thing, you know, and it drew his bond. It drew a line in the sand and said, that was my bond. That's my bond. That's I my can, bond. I can imagine. That's it, what I wanted I can imagine to do. saying it just like that. That's my bond. Yeah. In my pink tuxedo. I am not having anyone else spoil James. But the more I think about it, look, at first I was like, oh, no, nah, it's just fucking even. But then the more I think about it, I think, hey, so what, really? It doesn't really matter, does it? Well, you know, um, I, I think it could, be, a- it could be a good bond coming. We don't know. No, and I think the thing is, you know, there's so much of this sort of 
spin-off multiverse stuff anyway. They, James Bond could walk back in next week, couldn't he? And it could all have been a yeah. dream and he's been hiding in his wardrobe for 10 years. You know, it's just... <laughs> And that's the thing. I think that a lot of things are being undermined in terms of their history and the, the context of them. You know, killing James Bond off is a bit like, hmm. So is that the end of James Bond, or how do they rewrite it? Do they just start again? Yeah, that's do they it. go back they just to start again. The young James Bond. You know, they're going to do him in high school. Because I mean, they started this James Bond with Casino Royale with the very first James Bond, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. You know. So he just became a secret agent. And basically, he was one of the most wishy-washy secret agents. If you look at those five films, yeah, yeah. he was like, he didn't want to be doing it. He's always <laughs> off, yeah. pretending to be dead somewhere. I'm giving up. <laughs> yeah. I'm giving up. <laughs> like, I've done he was something. a shit secret agent, to be honest. <laughs> He'd only come back when it bothered him. Yeah, license, you know? <laughs> license to kill. And every time someone died, he went, that's it. I'm going. I'm giving up. <laughs> But I think it would be good for them to go back through the books and make the books set in the time that the books were set. Yeah. So we got like a period drama. Yeah. Um, and make them as the books because the books were great. Yeah. And especially the Roger Moore ones. When they adapted the books into Roger Moore films, they were just rubbish. Yeah. You know, Moonraker was my least favourite of the Bond <laughs> films, where it was my favourite Bond book. But it was, and in Moonbreaker the- was my favourite Austin Powers movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. sorry, that was Goldmember. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting facts about Roger Moore. Did you know that he actually had a stunt double to do his running scenes? <laughs> it doesn't surprise yeah. me. He was like 90 yeah. when he was Bond. Because <laughs> apparently he didn't, like, he didn't like the way he looked when he ran. So he got someone else to do it. Oh, God. See, and Timothy Dalton came on and everyone shot him down. Um because he wasn't Roger Moore. <laughs> but neither was the guy but running I, around in the movies that Roger Moore was no, in. No, <laughs> but I think Timothy Dalton was, like, embracing it. He'd done all his, you know, he'd done the majority of his own stunts. Yeah. At least he'd done something. He was a more rugged, he was a more rugged Bond. I think he was, he's my favourite Bond. And um, up until Daniel Craig, if I'm honest, I do like Daniel Craig as Bond. A lot closer to the books. But. Yeah. The, I, I thought the movies, they, they were good. I, I, I just... With most films that kind of, they go into four or five, you know, it just gets to a point where it's like, Ugh. Yeah, yeah. This one as well, it did tick a lot of the, what hasn't Bond done yet? You know, let's tick them all <laughs> off. And it was more like the film Bond than the book Bond. Whereas yeah. the two strongest films from the Daniel Craig series was Casino Royale, because it was so close to the book. Yeah. And Skyfall, because it was... Sam Mendes, the director mm-hmm. Sam Mendes, yeah. it was it was Bond, but it was it fitted his criteria and I thought that was really interesting. Plus you had Roger Deakins, the cinematographer, who's you know, one of my favourites. If you see his name on a film, you know it's gonna look absolutely amazing. Yeah. And the story was much more personal and yeah, I, I thought it was really good. But the others it was only those two that was really great. Mm. I mean, Quantum of Solace was a bit naff. Yeah. Spectre was dull. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And they was all trying to be the Bond films again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rather than the books. Yeah. It's kind of almost like it had gone along with the books and then thought, actually, hang on a minute. We're losing our way. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Let's go back to the movies. Let's go back yeah, to the old Sean Connery sort of. To it. Roger Ball. Oh no, we're losing our way. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sod it. Let's just kill him off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was Bond. There is an episode of the podcast where I discuss Bond in case anyone is interested. Um, Kieran Kinsella said the first cinema visit since March 2020 was to see No Time to Die. I felt the plot was thin and it seemed a bit agenda driven. There. Yeah, you see, that's the, that's the thing. I think this all these remakes, you know, because that's what I've been hearing about the Matrix as well. Is it was like it's just why it was unnecessary. They didn't need to go there. They didn't need to do it, and it, it's got that slightly under undercurrent of agenda. And mm. I, I don't know. It's it puts me off wanting to go and see movies, and it may just be the people I'm listening to that are, that are talking about it you know, that are saying, you know, that have got a negative view of these movies in the first place. But then when people like Kieran are saying, you know, it feels agenda driven, I, I kind of get what he's saying there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel that. And it, that kind of makes me go, and that's the sort of film I don't want to go and watch. I'm certainly not going to pay to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a lecture. No, exactly. You want to be entertained. <laughs> want to be entertained, yeah. And over on Instagram, Rob from Records and Bands says, uh, 2021 has been thin pickings, really. The Marvel films were Marvel films, and we enjoyed them for what they are. Really enjoyed Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And Red Notice was a good chewing gum movie. The best film I watched this year was probably Pixar's Luca with the maybe gay mermen. I thought it was lovely. Happy New Year to you, Rob. Uh. So, um. Yeah, the Marvel films were Marvel films, and I've, apart from Spider Man and Black Widow, which I watched at the beginning of the year, are not. I wasn't even bothered to watch Black Widow. It's just I didn't even know Eternals had come out. That no. seemed to pass me by like <laughs> nothing else. Suddenly, suddenly there was just people slagging off this film called Eternals, and I was thinking, "What's that about?" It is a Marvel. It's meant to be a big Marvel blockbuster or something, and I was like, "What?" I didn't even know it was there. No, and I'm, I'm that. Um, what's the other one? Shang Chi. Yeah, yeah. We started watching that, and the kids got bored, and I thought, well, I'm not. They all lost interest, and everyone left the room, and I was like, <laughs> I, I'm not watching this. I didn't yeah, want to watch just this. Just you watching it. <laughs> and I was like, it's, there's nothing new here. I am so sort of done with the Marvel. Things need to change up to get me back on board. I think something needs to happen. Enough's enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, however, Rob um, did say there about Free Guy, and yeah. I thought that was really good. I really enjoyed that. It 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 was it was more than I expected. Actually, I was expecting it to be a typical sort of Ryan Reynolds film, which it was. You know, he was playing Ryan, Ryan Reynolds through the film. Have you seen it? Yeah, we watched that. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know, it, it had that feel of Ready Player One about it as well. I know my son really enjoyed enjoyed it and he got a lot out of it and the different bits and pieces of gaming whereas you know i got other i suppose i got other aspects of the out of it different elements out of the film and um yeah it was good it, it was surprisingly good actually it felt a little bit like um wreck it ralph the lego movie wreck yeah, it ralph was... uh ready player one all put together with with ryan reynolds mucking about and um some good stuff in there and the character at the end where Ryan Reynolds is like the beefy guy oh, the be- that was hilarious it was brilliant it was just like that's so yeah. funny and um, yeah. yeah really enjoyed it really enjoyed that yeah, film so that I was did a good enjoy. show I, yeah. I, I enjoyed it um, a lot more than I probably thought that I might the kids had gone to the cinema to watch it um, and then I watched it when it came out on um, 
Disney Plus. Yeah. Our middle boy was like, oh, I want you to watch that with me, Dad. So sat and watched it. And yeah, it was good. Good fun. I did enjoy it. Yeah, um, entertaining. I, I haven't heard of I haven't heard of Luca though. Pixar's Luca. Uh, Have you yeah, seen that? I, I haven't seen it. Um, but funnily enough, earlier today I was sort of scrolling through the you know, top films of twenty one. You know, just to get some ideas and remind me of what I haven't haven't seen. A lot of the films I hadn't seen. It has to be said. Um, <laughs> but um, Luca was one of them that was coming out quite highly rated, and I was thinking. Yeah, um, perhaps I need to watch that. It's got 91 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but Rotten Tomatoes... 7.5 on IMDb. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes, though. Have you not noticed with Rotten Tomatoes? It might, you know, you, you might have a different say on this, but if you look at what the critics say and what the audience say, the, audience, the audience ratings seem to be a bit more realistic. So something that's usually in the 90s, if you look at what the audience have rated it, it's usually around the 70, 75 mark. And, it, yeah. and it's just, and you sort of go, yeah, that's a bit more realistic. Um, and I've noticed that with a few few times off of Rotten Tomatoes, the critics seem to really oversell certain films. You know, and, and it's, you know, there's some films in there that got about 98%. How does a film get 98%? You're talking about it being 2% off being perfect. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, so Luca, but Luca does seem to keep coming up on these lists of top films to watch. So. Yeah, I've ne- I wasn't even aware of it until Rob said that. I don't know how th- I've missed that because we have Disney Plus, so that just seems strange that we've missed it. Did you? But maybe did that's you watch, one to watch. Did you watch Encanto? No, I've never seen that. that that's nice. That's a good film. Yeah. We watched that. Um, was that like Christmas Eve or Christmas? It was on. Well, whenever it was released, basically on Disney Plus. And yeah, it's another. It's just a nice movie. Yeah, enjoyable. Yeah. Some good funny bits in it, some nice characters, nice pleasant ending. Good one to watch with the kids, definitely. Lovely. Yeah, good songs. Um, I shan't sing any. <laughs> good. <laughs> Although. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did watch a musical the other night. Um, uh, our oldest son recommended it. It was Tick, Tick, Boom ah, with Andrew Garfield. I haven't seen it, but that, again, keeps coming up on this list. As I was going yeah. through this list, I was thinking there was, you know, each each website gives you their top ten or whatever, and certain ones kept cropping up. And Tick Tick Boom was on there, yeah, as was um, Luca on quite a few of them. So, yeah, with Tick Tick Boom, I thought it's not my cup of tea, if I'm honest. Um, it's not my sort of music, show music. It's not doesn't do it for me. But it's an interesting story. I am going to spoil this. <laughs> All right, by explaining this. So if you haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom and you don't know anything about it and you quite like these uh, musical films and it is a true story, don't listen to this. And it's a true story all about, um, is it Jonathan Larson? Who Andrew Garfield plays, who was basically famous composer and playwright for a play, co- play called Rent. Yeah which just exploded but he died two days before it went live oh so he died yeah it's it's quite a tragic (laughs) yeah it's a tragic story really and it's a real shame because it's um yeah he's literally never got to see how successful he was everyone kept telling him he's a genius but he was like living yeah in the gutter for the whole time you know and struggling with his life I, I didn't know how he was going to become. I could see. The next big I could thing. see why that would that would be a good film. But it reminded me a lot of. Have you ever seen all that jazz with Roy Schneider? No. 
similar sort it's, of thing, is it? Yeah, it's it's written and directed by Bob Foss, who done Cabaret. Okay, yeah. Um, but that was a similar sort of thing where he's based on Bob Foss's real life and he's got a stage play that he's in production. He's directing a film about a comedian, which Bob Foss was at the time, Lenny with uh, Dustin Hoffman. He's heavy into drugs and drink and he's sort of having affairs all over the place and he's all stressed all the time. And then he, he basically, yeah, Roy Schneider plays him and it was a really interesting film. Um, and I only watched that last year, and it put me in mind of this. But okay. if I was to choose one of the two, I thought all that jazz was better. It was grittier. There was a lot more going on, and it was more the way it was made was more sort of interesting. The the editing and the directing was fantastic throughout it. It was really intense. Whereas I thought Tick Tick Boom, it probably be an Oscar winner. I think it's going to be an Oscar contender for sure. Yeah. But to me, there's nothing amazing in how it was made. Okay. It was pretty bog standard and i think the the end the tragedy at the end missed the mark for me how they set it up and it could have been a lot more emotional right and it just sort of like oh was that oh oh (laughs) you know Uh, spoiler oh he's dead (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it was the way it was done it wasn't just didn't really do it okay well um, thanks for spoiling the end but i'll watch it anyway (laughs) Yeah, it's worth watching. Andrew Garfield's good in it. I thought he was really good in it. Um, we've had another message come in while we've been recording this. <laughs> Did it from, ask us to stop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from Lizzie Blake over on Facebook. And she said, Dune was fantastic. Felt like a proper epic. Ghostbusters was brilliant and felt very in keeping with the original. Mm-hmm. Quiet Place 2 was superb. Such brilliant suspense. I saw them all at the cinema and so glad I did, especially for Dune. Yeah, Dune... That was the one I was really excited for. Out of all the blockbusters this year, that was the one I couldn't wait to go and see. Yeah. And it did. Coming out of it, it felt not quite, but it was almost how I felt coming out of watching Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I couldn't wait to get back and see how it carries on. Have you seen the David Lynch Dune? Yes. A long time ago. Well, I tried watching it the night before I went to watch Dune. I tried watching the David Lynch version. Yeah. And I turned it off halfway through and I thought, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know? it's a slow paced film, isn't it? It's quite... Uh, it's really bizarre. And yeah, nothing seems to be explained. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, I really don't know who these people are. I don't know who's meant to be the good guys or the bad guys. Whereas you go and watch Denny Villeneuve's Dune mm. and it's it's really well set out. If you find this sort of thing overwhelming or you're put off by the original david lynch film just give this a try because it just does it you know what you're watching you can make sense of it it's interesting actually because i did watch um start watching a bit of june again not that long ago because i was gonna i was thinking i can't remember that much about it i'll, I'll try watching it again and i didn't get very far through the first 10 15 minutes and i went Do you know what i remember now and so I just turned it off and thought, I'll leave that. Um, what else did she mention in there? Ghostbusters. So I took Cohen to watch Ghostbusters. We watched all the other Ghostbusters films in the lead up to it. Possibly the weakest out of them all is Ghostbusters 2. I know uh, yeah, yeah. the female version isn't the same um, because it's not the original cast. But then this is now, this is the kids version. It's like the, the stranger things version. I was going to say, know? I've seen bits, I've seen reviews and things of it. And it struck me as that they were taking that high stranger things idea 
and putting it into Ghostbusters, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, and it is... What I really loved about this version of Ghostbusters, there's two things that I loved. Spoiler alert, if you don't want to know about it. <laughs> but, but, although I must admit, I didn't think there was anything you could spoil. You can work out at the very beginning what's going on. But what I loved about it was that they used the original score from the original Ghostbusters film, the Elmer Bernstein score. And you don't realise until you're watching this just how fantastic that score is and how much the other two films miss that yeah yeah you know it's got it's real ghostbusters sound to it you know real comical sort of slapstick sort of sound it's just brilliant and it really works well in this new ghostbusters but there was a bit too much of everything that was happening in this version of ghostbusters had already happened in the original ghostbusters there could have been more original content you know, it's a bit too much. Like, so is it that, fi- but is it that thing again where they're deconstructing it, taking all, taking the original, taking it apart and putting it back together again with the same bits, but in a slightly different. It is. Yeah, it is. Exactly. It's that thing again, isn't it? It's that deconstruction and rebuilding for a new audience effectively. Yeah. Um, but there is a scene at the end where, <clears throat> this is what I'll spoil, where the Ghostbusters all come back together mm. to help conquer the ghost at the end. Um, and obviously Harold Ramis has passed away. So you have Harold Ramis as a ghost joining them. Oh, uh, cool. And that that was like real, it really choked me to see that. It was like, oh, that's brilliant. And well, I, I'd heard that there was a, I, I didn't know what it was. And I was looking forward to seeing the film and finding out. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not spoiling it for you, aren't I? But it's my fault for not watching it. Spoiling it for you as well. <laughs> But no, I heard there was a nod to him at the end of the film. And yeah. his his son directed it, didn't he? No, no, it's... Um, Is it not his I, son? I, I it Wright, the director, Ivan Reitman, it's his son who directed it, Jason Reitman. Yeah, so... So Harold on. Ramis and Dan Aykroyd wrote it. Oh, God, sorry. I'll shut up. Yeah, yes, and I got you. Ivan Reitman directed it. Yeah. Jason Reitman, who he, he's actually in Ghostbusters 2. It's his birthday party <laughs> when they go to it. Do you remember? Yeah. And he's like, we want He-Man, you know. My parents say you're full of yeah. shit or something. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that, yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I know where you are with it now. Yeah. That's <laughs> Jason Reitman, who went on to direct the new one. Um, it, there is good bits in it, but it's not, again, it's nothing new. But I don't know. I asked Cohen when we left the cinema, I said, right, come on then, Cohen, what is the order? Which films were the best? And he said, mm. and, you know, and that's what it comes down to, isn't it, the kids? And he said, Number one, number four, number three, and number two. Yeah. Or he might have said two and three. But anyway, yeah. So yeah. he did enjoy this, but still not as much as the original Ghostbusters. Uh-huh. And, and like you say, it, it, it obviously, you know, him being younger, he's going to see it differently. Um, and that's the thing, isn't it? How, how did you think the children, the, the children played the main characters? Because that's a big ask, isn't it? You've gone from Dan Aykroyd, you know, and the like in the first film um, to basically a cast of kids yeah so there's no bill murray no dan Aykroyd. you know they, they carried it well to be fair yeah the little girl especially was really good and then you've got the little boy who she becomes friends with who his name's podcast or something like that but he's <laughs> he's a techno whiz isn't he with a name like that yeah and it's <laughs> it's he's got all the jokes really but it's not the same it's not what, like watching ghostbusters because you have that comedy talent, don't you? And I yeah. think that's where the yeah. female Ghostbusters lets itself down is that 
everyone in the film is hilarious, you know, is is funny. Yeah. Whereas in Ghostbusters, you have the Ghostbusters are the comedians. Everyone else in the film is straight faced, and it's straight faced. It really works. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think you know, you those the original guys, that original film, the comic timing in in so many elements of that film were just fantastic. Yeah. You know, they didn't. They didn't have to necessarily say an awful lot for it to be a funny scene, did they? You know, no, that's the no. thing, isn't it? With like Bill Murray, you know, and, and um, Dan Aykroyd, a lot of the time it's gestures, it's timing, it's just them, isn't it? You exactly. Know? And, and then I think Ghostbusters two, because Ghostbusters was such a surprise success, they never knew it was going to be as big as it was. And then little throwaway lines in the film became catchphrases. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, we came, we saw, we kicked its ass. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, Ghostbusters 2, they was trying too hard to throw catchphrases down your throat. And when we were watching it, it was just like, oh, this seems so unnatural. The only funny thing in it was Bill Murray. Everything else just felt like it was either modelling itself on the cartoon, which had come out at that point and was successful. Oh, yes. Yeah. Or they was like, yeah, or they were throwing in all these stupid lines to try and think, oh, this will be the next catchphrase. And it's. It just missed the point. It is a bad film. <laughs> yeah, it's the painting one, isn't it? That's it, yeah. 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 Okay, let's leave that there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked basically all the blockbusters we've discussed. What films have you watched then on like your Netflix and your Amazon? Well, I'm glad you asked because you said we'd be on here discussing what films I've watched. We've been talking for an hour and I've only mentioned one. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no oh sorry um, I I just went through a list of things that I've watched basically that I could remember um, and do you know weirdly if you go if we're talking kids films I didn't realise until I went back through a list that Mitchell's versus the machines oh it's 2021 it's 2021 yeah have you seen that? I did see that, yeah. I've watched that. That's an insane film. That That's a great film. I thoroughly enjoyed that. It blew me away. I was expecting something relatively animated and okay, and I just thought it was brilliant. There were so many bits in it that I just thought, this genius. And it yeah. was by the same people that did um, the Spider-Man multiverse one, wasn't it? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, it was just brilliant. Hilarious, entertaining. We watched it two or three times. And that was this year. And that feels like such a long time ago. Now. But yeah, I see my wife doesn't like that sort of film. Okay. Usually. And she watched it with the kids when we was out and she was like, Oh, that was amazing. That was really good. Mm. I know Nafe really, really enjoyed it. I watched it. I thought it was all right. But the end, I don't like a big sort of spectacle ending where it's like, they got to get this here in that time. And yeah, see the end. I, it lost me towards the end, if I'm honest, but it was good. Okay. I did enjoy it. Um, other kids' films we've watched was Cruella. Have you seen that? On Disney Plus? No, I haven't. No, no. Oh, I mean, you know, having having a son that's not interested in <laughs> 101 Dalmatians and stuff. It's way off the list. <laughs> yeah, I thought actually, yeah, it was a lot better than I thought that was going to be. I quite oh, enjoyed okay. that. Emma Thompson was good as the Baron. Yeah. Emma Stone was great as Cruella, and it was quite hip. Sort of looked, you know, set in the seventies. I enjoyed that one. Cool. Uh, anything else you watched? Um, kid, 
Have you seen? Did you watch the Power of the Dog? It's getting a lot of it's getting a lot of uh, no ratings and stuff. You mentioned this last time, even though I edited it out. But it's on the cutting room. It's on the cutting room floor, Robin. Ah, uh, okay. It's um, Bendy Dick Cumberbatch. Yeah, <laughs> I can't say his name. What is it, Benedict? Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, yeah, and Kirsten Dunst is in it. Now, do you know what? It's a weird thing because I wasn't. My wife sort of went, "Oh, let's put this on," and so we're sitting there watching it and. I was sort of sulking because it wasn't an action movie that I wanted to watch. So I was kind of like fiddling around on my phone at the same time, not really paying attention, but just sort of keeping, my, keeping an eye on it. And um, there was a woman in the film, an older woman, and, you know, she was doing her bit. In the, and then I looked up and I realised it was Kirsten Dunst. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, because yeah. I remember her from Spider-Man and that sort of thing where she's young and... Obviously, she's older now because we all get yeah. older. You know, it's no yeah. big surprise, really. It happens. Um, it? it happens. Um, and and you know, I was like, oh my god, that's kind of stuff. Then I started paying attention a little bit more, in any way, to the film because it did start to draw you in. And the sun's really good in it. But the, the weird thing is, right? I'm trying. I was trying to work out what era it is because it's it's a western, but there's cars and there's, they're developing the train lines and stuff. So it's in America. So I'm thinking, when when, when is this? 1920s or But the kid wears trainers. He buys sneakers, yeah. white sneakers, and, and then he, he goes off to this like ranch and phones his dad on a mobile phone. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking, is that is that right? It was the only bit in the whole thing that kind of confused me, but it's really cleverly done actually. And um, Benedict Cumberbatch is very good in it. it. He's he's basically he's just not a nice guy. He picks on his brother. He picks on everyone, um, and then his brother marries Kirsten Dunst. And then uh, she brings a son along and, you know, the son's just asking for it to be ripped apart. But then Benedict Cumberbatch starts to take him under his wing. And then it's there's this little bit of kind of like, ah, oh, so Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, likes him. And, and and then there's a twist at the end, which I'm not going to spoil because you haven't seen it. Because <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a twist at the end, which is quite clever. And yeah, I came away from it thinking, actually, that was all right. It was quite enjoyable. It was quite. It was quite good. Um, yeah, I've heard it's had good it, reviews. Yeah, it's had a lot of reviews and stuff. So that's one to watch. The Power of the Dog. That's a Netflix film. Yeah, it's it's worth watching. Yeah. Um. Um. So there's that one. Uh. What else? Uh. What was the uh, the Guy Ritchie movie, Wrath of Man? You seen no, that? No, I've not seen that. And didn't he have that other one come out, The Gentleman? Wasn't that this year? Was that 2021? Well? Oh, no, that's 2019. Fuck off. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it, right. it was. Let's not talk about 2019. It, but, I've not um, still not seen R- that. Wrath of Wrath of Man, Jason Statham, isn't it? Oh God! Yeah, Jason Statham. Don't talk to it? me it's about a, this. It's a, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very typical Guy Ritchie film, and uh, it don't, you know. But uh, it it's it's all right. But in terms of Guy Ritchie films, and I thought the Gentleman was better. I liked that film. I, I liked Hugh Grant in that. He was, I thought he was cracking. Yeah, uh, I thought he just hit 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 the nail right on the head with his character, brilliant. Um, but um, yeah, so it was good, it was enjoyable, but it wasn't. It's not Guy Ritchie's best film. No, I've not even heard of that one. I didn't even know that had come out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's yeah, it's it's a sort of a revenge movie, you know, action hero revenge movie, but without being overtly action hero. Yeah. So it's not just that. It's got a little bit of a story to it I suppose ah there you go 
Okay, so that's all we've got time for in this week's podcast. But the conversation of 2021 films does continue. There is still more films to go through, which you will be able to catch this time next week. So thanks ever so much for listening. We'd love if some of you could welcome Robin into the fold with a a lovely email or some Facebook comments. Facebook.com forward slash we need to talk about movies podcast or email us at wnmovietalk.com at gmail.com see you all next week cheers